Hey y'all, welcome to the seventh or eighth episode of the Confident Podcast, where we talk about mental health at a godly level with your host, Miss Emily Dell. So if you can hear my voice, you'll probably hear a little bit of a weird voice and it's because I'm a bit sick. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to put that disclaimer out there. But today we're going to be talking about what does God say about stress and anxiety. So let's get started. But before we get started, if you have not listened to or watched the episodes on fear and mental health, please stop whatever you're doing and go back and go over there and listen to those first so that now when you listen to this one, you can fully understand. Okay, so before we get started, let's pray. So God, so wherever you are, okay, um, kneel down lift up your hands if you can't obviously if you're at work and you can't really understand if you're driving obviously don't close your eyes but if you can close your eyes kneel down or maybe lift up your hands okay so let's pray so god we come into your presence my lord and we thank you for this day we thank you for your glory we thank you because your presence your presence is here Today you will touch lives. Today you will impact the minds of each and every individual listening, my God. My Lord, allow me to speak, not from my flesh, my Lord, but you speak through me, my Lord, so that every single person listening can fully understand how to cope with anxiety, how to cope with stress, how to deal with certain situations, my Lord, that might present themselves in your lives, my God. I declare wisdom upon them. I declare love upon them, my God. And I declare, my Lord, that they will have peace and tranquility in their minds, my Jesus. Amen, my Lord. We cover this prayer and everything that is good, their lives, their family, and everything, my God, with your bloody holy arm and your oil, my Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Awesome. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm super sick, but here we go. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that prayer. Um, so let's get started. Okay, so let me pull up my notes really quickly. And here we go. Okay, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about was something that I um, read on Got Questions. And if you don't know what Got Questions is, you should definitely look it up because it's a very useful tool. And there's also an app for it. Um, and what basically it does is that you can ask it questions, you know, Bible-related questions like, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? And it will literally tell you it will give you a whole explanation with Bible verses, and it's really good. And I use God Questions a lot for these uh, episodes because it is very valuable information, okay? And it and it really ties back. It's reliable. It ties completely back to the Bible verses. So that's the cool and amazing thing about it, okay? So I'm going to start there, and I'm just going to read a little ex- excerpt um, from what they're saying here, Okay? And it says, the dictionary defines stress as physical, mental, or emotional strain or tension. Some stress is necessary and even good, such as the physical strain we put on our muscles in order to make them stronger. But when we talk about stress, we are usually referring to excessive or negative mental or emotional strain or tension. While stress is not emotional, is not specifically mentioned in the Bible, scripture does speak to to things such as anxiety, worry, and trouble. Anxiety, worry, and trouble, those are all forms of stress, okay? Those are all side effects of stress, okay? 
Things we often associate with stress and gives us clear answers on how we should deal with them. Everyone suffers from stress at one time or another. How we naturally deal, how we naturally deal with it depends in large part of who we are. For some, emotional stress causes physical illness. Okay, give you a personal example. I've spent three weeks pretty stressful, okay? I've really been trying to work through workaholism. I've been trying to work on the demands of life, right? And I have forgotten to go back to the word and I have and I have failed as a Christian to keep myself stress-free. Um, but again, I'm learning everything day by day and doing this class will help me and will help all of you really understand what, you know, how can we deal with stress, okay? So I experienced that, right? I'm experiencing that right now. I have that physical illness that I'm sick, okay? Others might become hyperproductive. I also become hyperproductive. I do everything in five seconds, okay? I, that, that's, <laughs> that's also me. On the other hand, some people under stress shut down mentally and emotionally. I've also shut down mentally and emotionally and I have gotten like, nope, I'm not doing anything. Nope, I can't. I can't even talk to anybody. Nope. And that has happened to me. And the amazing thing is that the Lord tells us all of these amazing things that we're going to be talking about today so that we don't suffer, okay? So that we don't let these side effects happen to us. And sometimes we're going to let it happen because life is so demanding, okay, that we're not going to even notice or realize, okay? So everyone suffers from stress on one time or another. How we naturally deal with it depends in large part of who we are. For some, emotional stress causes physical On the other hand, some people under stress shut down. And of course, there are a variety of other responses. Stress is a common human experience. So it's normal, okay? If you experience the stress, it's not sinful, it's not wrongful, it's completely normal, okay? Um... It's a common said, particularly in a world where the demands of for our time and attention seem to be unending. That is so true. There's there's just so much trouble and so much demand that is insane. Okay, our jobs, health, family, friends, and even ministry activities can overwhelm us. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. The ultimate solution to stress is to surrender our lives to God and seek his wisdom regarding priorities as well as his enabling to do the things to which he calls us. He always gives enough, so we need not be defeated by stress. Exactly. The Lord calls us. He gives us what we need so that we do not allow stress to beat us. Okay? Because stress will come, we will experience stress. But the answer is how are we responding to that and how are we coping with it? How are we dealing with it? Okay, so the first thing that we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about financial stress. So I can just kind of give you a, like a brief excerpt, a brief introduction of, you know, what the dictionary defines stress as, you know, what are some effects of stress? Okay, what does, how does God refer to stress in the Bible? He refers to it as anxiety, worry, and so on and trouble. Okay, so let's start talking about financial stress. Financial stress is a very big issue um, present in a lot of people's lives. Okay, so let's go to Matthew 6, 25 through 27. And I'll give you guys a few seconds to get there. Matthew is in the New Testament. 
get there. Again, it's Matthew 6, 25. And it says, 25 through 27. And it says, actually, before I read that, um, I have a study Bible. And right at the top, it says, do not worry. So that kind of gives us a little bit of an introduction of what we're going to be talking about. This is very important. Okay. So, and it says, 25, verse 25 to 27. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Okay, let's read this again. Verse by verse. Therefore I tell you, Jesus is saying this. Therefore I tell you, Jesus is telling this to his people. Okay? Do not worry about your life. Right there and there. He's saying, do not worry. Stop worrying. Stop being a Marta. If you don't know who Marta is, look it up. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little brief explanation now. Okay, who Marta is. But if you want to know more who Marta is, I, I encourage you to look it up. Okay? There were two sisters. It was Mary and Marta. Okay? And Jesus came to their home. So to give you guys an example, uh, Mary and Marta. Okay, so they both they were both sisters and they lived in the same home and Jesus came to their home and Mary for literally stopped everything that she was doing, everything that she needed to do to get the house ready for uh, for guests and so on and so forth. And what she did was she went to Jesus's feet. Okay, and she just listened to him and you know and asked him questions and spent time with him. But then Marta, she was doing everything. She was picking everything up. She was organizing everything. And so Marta was like, and so Marta was to Jesus, said to Jesus, well, Jesus, are you going, well, uh, sir, are you going to tell, well, teacher, that's what <laughs> it was. Well, teacher, are you going to tell my sister to come and help me? And Jesus says, surely, surely, I tell you, that your sister is the one that's doing the right thing. Marta, do not worry so much about everything. Okay, so just keep that in mind. And if you want, maybe later I can look up the verse, or maybe you can look up the verse, so you can really read that story. That's why I said look it up. Okay, because it's a wonderful story and it really does help us connect here. But I just want to kind of give you that brief anecdote of the importance of that. So again, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body and the body more than clothes? Why are we worrying so much about everything else in our relationship with God? Why are we worrying so much about been able to pay the next the, ne the next bill, the next car payment, the next house payment. Why are we so worried about that? Aren't we working? Aren't we doing everything in our capability to make sure that it doesn't happen? That we don't get to the point where we can't pay? Aren't we doing that? Okay. And if we are doing that, and we also have Jesus by our side, why are we worried? Why are we worried of what we, will, what we will eat tomorrow? Why are we worried of what we will dress tomorrow? 
okay because and as well jesus says it here is not life more than food and the body more than clothes okay aren't there more important things such as spending time with the lord spending time spending time with jesus understanding the lord okay taking care of your spiritual relationship isn't there more important things such as that that we can be focusing on instead okay so now let's read verse 26 and it says look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they exactly here it says it's like if birds the, the birds of the air if they get food if the lord provides food for them then why do you think that the lord will provide food for us as christians us as people that have dedicated our lives to the lord who have given up our flesh for the lord who have who are living righteously don't you think that the lord will help us and will take us out from any situation that might cause us might cause us harm okay so why are we worried if even the birds are being fed and they are even less important than us because we are the perfect and beautiful creation of jesus christ okay of the lord okay and then verse 27 says can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life this is so true if we worry what we're doing if we worry for an hour we're wasting an hour of our lives because not, there's no solution there's nothing happening all we're doing is allowing stress and anxiety and to just feel overwhelmed okay so what should we do instead okay instead of spending an hour worrying why don't we spend an hour looking for a solution why don't we spend an hour worshiping the Lord, spending time with God, looking for the solution with the Lord? Okay, why don't we spend an hour praying? Okay, instead of wasting an hour worrying because it's not going to add to your life, it's going to do, it's going to subtract from your life. Why don't we actually spend an hour with something that is going to add to our life? For example, a solution, spending time with the Lord, praying, fasting, worshiping, right? Okay, so now let's go to... Give me one second. Let's go. One, let's go to one Timothy. No, sorry. Let's go to Matthew six thirty four. Yeah, that one. So Matthew six thirty four says. Let me go back. This is right here. It says, "Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own." Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Why are we worrying about the day to come? Why are we not, instead of worrying about the day to come, why are we not focusing on the day that is present? Okay, why are we focusing on what we're going to do tomorrow of all the things that we're going to do tomorrow or in five years or in 10 when we need to be focusing on the present moment to solve the issues of the present moment. And I'm not telling you to not have goals because the Lord says you need to have goals. You need to have future. You need to have plans. Okay, the Lord and the Lord is order. So he likes things organized. Okay, so I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is why are you allowing anxiety to take over your life and you're allowing yourself to be worryful okay of what's going to happen tomorrow because tomorrow is going to bring its own troubles tomorrow is going to bring its own issues tomorrow might not be the same way that you planned it out the night before okay and i'm, I'm a perfect example of someone who has done this 
plenty of times. Okay, I'm a planner. I like to I like to plan everything the day before for the next day. I've always been like that. And it's been very hard for me um, in my walk with Christ, understanding that I have to change that. And I've been changing that slowly, right? And something that's so important to understand is that it hurts you when you plan so much. When you plan in that way, because you're not really planning, what you're doing is adding more anxiety to yourself and worrying more. Because this is what I used to do, right? And I still do this sometimes and I try to cut it off and, you know, so it doesn't affect me. And it's, I plan my whole day the next day, okay? And then when something that was not supposed to be there in the schedule and the time slot that I put it in, I would get frustrated, I would feel bad, I would feel terrible, I would cry, I would pro- probably have a little mental breakdown because it didn't occur how I wanted it to occur and then it ruined my plan, right? And so, and that affected me a lot. And I have a little bit of OCD, so that kind of, like, that kind of made me feel like, that made me frustrated, that made me feel like, okay, I, I can't control the situation, I can't fix the situation and I felt pretty useless every time that that stuff happened but then I've been, been I have begun to understand that I don't need to control those situations anymore I don't need to do that because every day brings something else and what we have to do is learn how to deal with every day's issues and you will get frustrated because I will get frustrated I still get frustrated but not at the same level or not not at the same things that I would get frustrated at because it's not now that I'm frustrated that um, that the day is not how I planned it, but it could be that something you know happened that can cause frustration or somebody didn't understand me emotionally or maybe someone didn't understand me when, when I said, hey, I'm gonna do this today and then they bring me a complication. You know, those are things that you're gonna get frustrated at Right, which are completely normal but now it's not like okay this issue happened for example and i'm going to give you an example yesterday right today when you're re- and you're listening to this it's saturday because i'm posting this episode on a saturday when it's supposed to be on a friday but i'm posting it on a saturday because on friday i recorded these two episodes right because this is part one and there's part one and there's part two okay so i recorded both episodes and the worst thing happened none of the audio recorded and that hurt me and that made me so frustrated and i was like why when i have other things to get done okay i have things that are coming up that i need to get done right i have so much on my plate at the moment okay and it was just so and it was just so devastating and i just felt very 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 sad okay but i took a few minutes you know i was took a few minutes like oh my gosh how am i gonna fix this and then i was like hey hey you cannot worry right and i even talked to my mom because she's my best friend and she always just just helps me click immediately with okay time to fix right and you know time to not worry okay because sometimes i forget because there's just so much things on me and this happens to literally every single person out there okay so i called her and you know we talked and she was like don't worry let's you know let's figure out a way whatever and then other complications came along and those were frustrations with 
whatever I experienced, um, with whatever I experienced yesterday that came, those complications afterwards. But I was able to process the issue, the fact that the podcast, none of it was recorded. And then I was like, it's late. I can't record this all over again. Um, I had other stuff to do. So what I did was I left it for today. Okay, to start a new day, a fresh day, and be able to do this right because I fast every time I do these episodes, and I wasn't going to do that because, uh, and I wasn't, and I was like, I can't do it, I couldn't do it yesterday again because if not, I would have spent 10 hours without eating anything, and yeah, I was in prayer, yeah, I was in, uh, I was in a fast, yeah, I was, I had worship on me, you know, like I, I had worshiped, I had spent time with the Lord, and I was spending time with the Lord as I do these podcasts. But I needed to get other stuff done and I have not been eating the best lately and it's because I've had so many things to do that my sugar levels have been going pretty low because my brain is eating all my sugar levels up because I've been doing so much, okay? And so my body was not working, it was not doing very good, (laughs) okay? So that was that. So so that's why I said, I, I said on my Instagram, that I'll be posting the videos today, the episodes today, because I needed to say, no, I'm doing this right. I found a solution. I stopped worrying and I found the solution, okay? Um, so now let's go to 1 Timothy 5.8, and I'll give you guys a few seconds to get there. It's also in the New Testament, but it's a little like later on. So 1 Timothy... And I'll give you guys a few seconds to get there. One, Timothy. Oh, my boy, Timothy. Give me a second, y'all. 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 <laughs> Give me a second, y'all. I cannot find Timothy for some odd reason. And my Bible is kind of stuck glued together to each other today, and I don't know why. But that is okay. Because every day brings its own troubles. Okay. So again, as I said, we're going to go to 1 Timothy, and 1 Timothy is after Thessalonians, so let's go to Thessalonians, and then right after there, so it's Romans after Romans, because, this is really at the end, because Corinthians, a little bit more this way, Ephesians, Philippians, Thessalonians, Thessalonians, and 1 Timothy. Awesome. So 1 Timothy 5 8. Okay. And it says. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow, that is a powerful verse. What it's saying right here, and I'm going to repeat it again, it says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, so that means that any person 
who does not provide for the relatives. And, and I'm thinking of a word and, and I'm going to translate it because it's in Spanish. <laughs> okay, so. Avarice, is that how you say it in English? Avarice, avarice. Um, and that's when, when you want all the money to yourself. Okay, you want it all to yourself. Okay, so anyone who does not provide for their relatives. If you are a man, right, you are the leader of the home, okay, you have your, your wife, you got your kids, whatever, whatever, whatnot, okay, if you are not providing for them, if you're saying, oh, no, I don't have money, and you're actually getting more than maybe your wife, or your wife's working, or maybe, she, or maybe she's not working, or maybe you're the only one that's working, and you're not providing for your family, Maybe you're not providing for your own parents because they're old, okay? You are sinning against the Lord. And especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Okay? So how does this tie down to stress, to stress and anxiety? Well, everyone in this household will have financial stress because of the one individual that's supposed to take care Okay, because of that one individual who is not providing for their relatives, for that one individual, and especially for their own household, especially for their own household, that's not providing for their relatives or for their own household. Okay, that that causes financial stress upon whoever lives in the the wife, the kids, the maybe his parents that are old and gray, right? And then it says this part has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. This means, okay, that if you're not providing, if you are supposed to be the provider of that family and you're not providing, then you are, and you're not providing, or maybe you are gaining the money that you need to be gaining, but you just don't want to give it, okay? Then, then, you are worse than an unbeliever because you're not practicing your faith. You're not practicing your hope. You're not practicing your trust on the Lord that he will supply. Okay? So, so remember that. Recall that. Okay? Now let's go to Mark 4.19. Mark 4.19. Mark... And Mark's before Luke. So Mark 4.19. We got a few more seconds to get there. Again, it's Mark 4.19. And it says, okay, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Let's read that one more time. But the worries of this life, remember that, but the worries of this life, the troubles that we experience, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Wow. That is powerful. Okay, because what it's saying here is, that if we allow the worries of our uh, the worries of our lives take over, 
okay if we allow these worries to come into our lives and stress us out so 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 much it will deceive it will be deceitful of wealth because then when it comes to financial stress right if you're experiencing financial stress right it, it'll make you think that you don't have enough when you do have enough okay it'll make you think and the desires for other things come in and choke the word making it fruitful. exactly and the, that feeling that you get with financial stress that, oh my gosh, I don't have enough money, it might make you desire to do something that is sinful, do something that is wrongful, okay? That will jeopard, maybe jeopardizes you, maybe jeopardizes somebody else, okay? And that will, be, will make it unfruitful. Will make the money that you earn from that, from that, from whatever that desire, that unholy desire is, it will make it unfruitful. So yeah, maybe you will gain some money here and there, but how's your mental health? How's your heart? Forget about it because God can't protect it when you're doing wrongful things, okay? Now let's go ahead and transition from financial stress to hardship stress, okay? And we're going to start with James 1, 2 to 4. And I'll give you guys a few seconds to get there. Okay, so James 1, 2 to 4. And I'll give you guys a few more seconds to get there. James 1, 2 through 4. Okay. And it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let's read that one more time. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sister, what, sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So instead of looking at it as something that you have to worry, as something that you have to, oh my gosh, what's going on? Look at these trials and these issues, okay? Look at it with pure joy, okay? Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Because when we are tested, right, when we experience this hardship stress, when we experience these trials, these troubles, okay, our faith, the faith, our faith, we have to lift our faith up to be able to obviously endure, and our faith produces perseverance, okay? And perseverance allows us to succeed if it's financially, if it, you know, if it's in the workplace, studies, family, friends, relationships of all kinds, whatever, right? It, but it builds that perseverance that we need for so many things in life. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Exactly, right? So instead of looking at these trials as an issue, as looking at these trials, okay as something that something that we must worry about let's look at it with pure joy okay because it will it will allow us to use our faith and it will bring up and it will produce perseverance and then person and and like and in that way we can let perseverance finish its work so that we may become more mature and more complete so that we do not lack anything Right, each and every one of us experience so many things so that we can so that our faith can can act upon it and perseverance is developed and then we are made more mature and more 
complete. Because something that I want to remind you is, well, I haven't really said this today, but something I want to tell you is that we, that God is the potter. Okay, the potter, you know what a potter is? If you don't know what a potter is, is a person who gets the clay and he makes it into bases and all that stuff. Yeah, that's what a potter is. Okay, but so God is a potter, but we are the clay. Okay, so he's forming us to make us into this beautiful base or this beautiful whatever you want to be. Okay, whatever God wants you to be, right? But he's slowly building you. And the way that he builds you is with, is with, <clears throat> is with allowing you to use your faith when trials come. God doesn't produce us a trial. God does not produce trials, okay, or temptations or any of that. that, that the devil does that. Okay, and I'm gonna like about sneeze. <laughs> the devil does that. Okay, but God, when those darts come, when those issues come, God wants you to use your faith. God tells you, "Hey, this is coming for you. Use your faith. Come on, persevere. You got this. Bring that perseverance. Produce that perseverance. Okay, so that perseverance can finish its work, and I can mold you, and I can form you, and I can mature you and complete you. Okay, so now let's go to. Romans 5, 3 to 5. So let's go to Romans, which is a little bit the other way around. <laughs> it's that way. Well, I don't know. <laughs> that way doesn't really make sense if you're listening to this. It's, it's towards the middle. Yeah, you get what I mean. <laughs> let's look for Romans 5, 3 to 5. Okay, so Romans 5. Romans 5. 3 to 5. And it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Wow, that is so powerful. Okay? So not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, okay? We glory and we also glory in our sufferings. We have to glorify ourselves. It is not glorify ourselves. It's we have to rejoice in suffering. Like the other verse was saying, you have to look at it with joy, with happiness, okay? Because if we change that mindset, we shift that mindset, Okay, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, okay, because we know, okay, so we have to bring back that understanding, we know that suffering produces perseverance, okay, so what we have suffered, let's look at it with joy, because that suffering is going to produce me perseverance, okay, which is it's going to allow me to be able to deal with more, with maybe more trials, or maybe prosper, in certain areas of this job, is your work, studies, relationships, and so on and so forth. Okay. So then that perseverance will build character. Okay. And from there, that character will bring hope, faith, and trust in the Lord. Okay. And hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not put us to shame because if our hope is on the Lord, because if our faith is on God, because if our if our trust is on the Lord. It will not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That is so powerful. God's love has been poured out into our hearts 
through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That is so powerful, okay? Because God's love is what is going to prove that our faith, that our hope, that our trust is not in vain. So why are we worrying if when we put, when we put, and with, because when we have hope, right? Why are we worrying if when we want to have hope on the Lord, it will not put us to shame. So why are we worried? Why are we so worried of what will happen next? Of what's going to happen? Why are you facing, why are you facing something again? And I get it because I have faced millions of things and I completely understand. Okay. So now let's go to Romans 8, 28 to 29. And it says, Romans 8, 28 to 29, and it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God knew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So let's read that verse by verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So if we love him, God will do well to us, right? And God doesn't do bad. It's just that God will protect us. We'll be able to protect us because we love him, because we are giving our lives to him, okay? And if we don't do that, he can't protect us because we're not giving him the ability, the the privilege, right, to protect us and to help us, okay? For the good of the who have been called according to his purpose, who have been called according to his purpose. We have been called, okay? We have been called, okay? And because we have been called, we have to know that we have to love him, that we have to do his works, that we have to be faithful and be righteous, okay? So that he can protect us. Verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God called us and God made us and he knew us before we were in the wombs of our mothers. Okay. And because of that, we have been predestined to be the image of his son, which is Jesus, which is still him. Right. But God made us in his image so we would look like him, so we would look like Jesus, so we would resemble Jesus. And if we look back to who Jesus was, what did Jesus do? How did Jesus act? Okay. We have to understand that we have to look more like Jesus. We have to act more like Jesus. Okay. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Okay. That he might be the firstborn born among many brothers and sisters wow that's powerful okay so we have to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters what he what what is what is meant by that verse is that we have to resemble so much jesus Okay. We have to rip righteously and resemble so much Jesus, obviously for that protection, so that we don't have to worry, right? And if we resemble Jesus, we don't worry, okay? So that we may be considered as brothers and sisters. And I, and I know you can, and if you can't see me, obviously, if you're listening to this, I kind of put quotes on that because we are God's children, okay? But when it's talking about brothers and sisters is that we look alike, that we resemble, Okay, God's not asking for us to be twins with Jesus, right? Because we can't, right? Because Jesus is perfect, because Jesus, 
never sinned. Jesus is God, okay? But he wants us to be like brothers or sisters to try to catch up and live and be as much like him as possible, okay? So now let's go to, um, this was Romans, okay. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. I'll give you guys a few more seconds to get there. Okay. Okay. So, praise to be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can come for those, we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. I ended up reading um, verse 5 too, but I think it's very necessary to read that. Okay, so let's read this, uh, let's read, let's go verse by verse. Okay, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. The Lord is love and the Lord is comfort and the Lord is compassion. God wants to protect you from every single thing. God wants to give you every single thing that you desire, right? As it says in Psalms, that God will give you the desires of your heart, okay? But how does God provide for you? How does God do that? Well, we have to, as I have been saying, we have to be righteous. We have to love the Lord. We have to be right because we can't have a one-sided relationship that God does everything for you and then you do nothing. And then you do nothing, right? That, that would be a one-sided relationship, okay? Then verse 4, who comforts us in all our troubles. He comforts us in all our troubles, okay? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Exactly. How are we going to be able to comfort others if we're not allowing God to comfort us? Okay. Verse 5. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Let's read that again. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, sweet one more time. For just as we share, we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. So recall, Christ suffered a bunch of stuff, okay, on the cross and outside of the cross. He suffered mental damage, mental, mental damage. He suffered physical damage. He suffered everything known to man. And on that cross, he felt every single sin and burden and trial and temptation and every single thing that we all experience at least one to two, maybe daily or weekly or monthly or yearly. He experienced everything at the same time. Imagine that. Imagine that, okay? So, so, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, we share those sufferings with Christ because he suffered way more than we have suffered. 
and we share that with him and we share the things the sins and temptations and the issues and the trials and everything that we've gone through right that he also went through we share that with him okay The race of Christ. So also our comfort abounds through Christ. Our comfort abounds through Christ. The same way that we share those sufferings, He is the one that brings us the comfort. He's the one that says, I'm here to protect you. And He finds the solution and He removes the worry, the worries. But how do we allow that to happen? Well, we have to repeat, Lord. Like it says in Matthew 28:11, I believe is what it is. Uh, I'm not sure right now, but in Matthew it says to give Jesus, to give God your yoke, and that He will give you His, which is easier to handle. Okay, so just recall that. Okay, all right. So we're gonna continue um, this uh, talk. Okay, in the next episode, which is gonna be out right immediately after you've um, listened to this one and you've listened to this one (laughs) you're gonna be able to also listen to the other one okay but before we go let's just do a little fresh recap of what we have talked about today so i gave you guys a little bit of description of you know what is what is stress how does god mention stress in the bible what are some side effects of stress you know what causes stress and then we talked about financial stress and we talked about hardship stress so we talked about those things and next time we're going to be talking about encouragement how can we be encouraged okay how can we fight and how can we overcome right the correct response i'm going to teach you all what is the correct response to stressful situations and then we're going to be talking about how believing leads to trusting how to handle stress and that and to understand and i'll be explaining to you how to understand that stress of all kinds is a natural part of life okay so thank you so much for listening so let's pray before we go so wherever you are if you can please close your eyes lift your hands you know do whatever you possibly can um so that we can go ahead and pray Obviously, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. <laughs> and if you're working, you can't really understand. Okay? So let's pray. So, God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your glory. We thank you, my God, because you have allowed today for our minds to be nourished, for our minds to grow and mature, my Lord, when it comes to sufferings, when it comes to pains, when it comes to stress. Thank you, my God, for allowing us to be able to understand what to understand what financial stress consists of what hardship stress consists of how to understand these different types of stress what stress is thank you my god for allowing us to understand this information thank you my god for giving us the wisdom that you gave solomon of understanding and of knowledge so that we may be able to now apply all of these things to our lives my god we thank you for your glory we thank you for your life and we thank you for this day and we bless every single person listening and not listening we bless their lives we bless their families and we bless this prayer and we cover every single person in this prayer and including myself with your blood your holy arm and your oil my jesus in the name of jesus amen amen and amen wow this was so 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 powerful and yeah 
So this is the Confident Podcast where we talk about mental health at a godly level with your host, Miss Emily Dell. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes like this, please go ahead and follow us. Um, give us a five-star rating. <laughs> um, give me a five-star rating on the podcast, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you listen to this from. Um, share it with family, friends, co-disciples, churches, whoever you want to share it with. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and turn that post notification so you get notified every time I post another video or another episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching, and yeah, bye guys! <laughs>